Two's Company is a chance to bring together two women from the same profession or similar walks of life, but who've taken different paths. Their conversation will highlight their diverse backgrounds, their experiences, joys, hardships, and eventually to find common ground along the way. Hey, what's up? This is DMC and I'm a hip hop artist from Bombay, India. Hi, my name is Meba Ophelia and I'm a singer-songwriter from Shillong, Meghalaya. As these two women sit down opposite each other for the first time, there are a set of cards next to them. Now, one at a time, they each pick up a card to ask a question. Let's find out what happens next. Do you remember the first rap song you ever wrote? <laughs> what was it about? It was called Fuck Love. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. But... I was 17 or 18. I think I was just doing cover songs. Mm -hmm. And then when I came to know that there's literally five or six years of history for me to look back at, that inspired me to write my own things. And I was heartbroken. So Fuck okay. Love was the first thing I wrote. Yeah. I, would love, I would love to hear that. I would love to hear that. So the first song, a rap song that I wrote, and it's about love. It's about this guy that was using me as a doormat. And yeah, so fuck so love. Yeah. <laughs> Where do your ideas come from for your songwriting? What comes to you first, the lyrics, the melody, or the rhythm? So my songs are based on personal experiences, but also conversations with my friends. Of course, I don't just take their stories and be like, thanks. <laughs> but I, I do tell them and be like, hey, is this okay? Yeah, can I write a song about this? And if they're okay, then I do it. If not, then I don't. Usually it was, I always try to fit lyrics into melody. Right. Okay, and I felt that was harder than writing lyrics and then singing the words. Yeah. So now I've changed and I've started writing just random words, trying to tell a story and then put a melody onto it. So maybe in five years, that'll change again. So yeah. I can't really tell you. Yeah. yeah, I feel you. I think earlier I used to just, if it's an acapella, I used to mm -hmm. just go ahead yeah. and write it. And yeah, you then, used to freestyle, remember? Yes, yeah, I, I still to... do. I think now, like you said, mostly when I get a beat, I just hum out the tune I want. Mm -hmm. So that's freestyle. That's mm -hmm. like the composition mm -hmm. of it just comes naturally. Mm -hmm. And then I fill in words in mm -hmm. it. So I listen back to my humming and I basically like yeah. record the humming on my phone. Yeah. Then I actually stop listening to the beat. I just listen to the hum. Yeah? <laughs> yeah. And then I fill wow. out words in it. But I want to do something which I've not done yet, which is take a tempo and without any beat, write on the tempo. And then record it on the click metronome, yeah. and send it to the producer. Damn. Yeah. So that's where original ideas come from. Yeah. Yeah. Who was your biggest support when you first started out? Me. I like thank myself. That's the way <laughs> it is. Sadly, it was like that. We had to be our own cheerleaders. But in a way, the hip hop scene itself was my biggest supporter because there are such few women in the scene. And when I started out, I think there was like a gap of five years before the, you know, like the previous female artist. Mm -hmm. So everyone mm -hmm. was very excited to hear a female artist. So mm -hmm. I think I got a lot of love and support for just existing and just entering the scene. So everyone wanted me to do more and grow. Yeah. 
but over time i realized that that also came with trying to influence me so i had to learn how much to take from them yeah yeah what is support and what is them trying to influence me in yeah. a way but this is something i always say in my interviews that the ratio of it has always been 90% love and support and 10% haters who was the biggest critic or someone who made it difficult for you when you started out me <laughs> wow yes yeah i think it's me <laughs> so i am a person who gets inspired so easily and it gets destroyed very easily as well so if i i present something to someone and i'm told that this is not good enough even though i know that it has potential and i'm told that it's not good enough i get easily defeated but lately that's not been the case mm-hmm. <laughs> but i think i have a problem with navigating my way so i was on social media a lot i remember there were a few years i was on social media just trying to stay influenced and inspired to a point where i lost mm-hmm. my sound so i think yeah i am my biggest critic <laughs> biggest critic for me sadly was my family sorry mom dad but it is what it is i mean they never actively stopped me mm-hmm. this is something like it's so sad we are in a country like india so they could actually lock you in the house and not allow you to go out which i know a lot of women have gone through that as well but for me it was pretty much like you know we know nothing about the entertainment industry all your gigs happen at night what kind of life is this more than critique it's more was like where is this going you know yeah. like makes no sense for you to dream so big i used to always say this they never actively stopped me but they wanted me to dream according to my stature because i come from a very small town mm-hmm. called kalyan mm-hmm. and uh, sometimes i used to like surprise myself ki as women even having the audacity to dream so big can feel so sometimes you know like we yeah. only feel like why am i so ambitious yeah, exactly. like i wish exactly. i was a little ignorant yeah but no <laughs> but like over time i've realized that no i'd not mm-hmm. be anyone mm-hmm. but myself what is an essential piece of gear that you can't live without as a musician i actually i mean i can't play any instruments so microphone all i need is one mic what about you i don't know i need my phone i think my voice recorder on my phone yeah i think i need that cuz it has the notes it has the voice recorder so whenever i'm inspired i go to the notes and whenever i'm rhythmically or melodically inspired i go to the voice note what was your proudest moment in your career i think the time i had the guts to drop out of law school mm-hmm. <laughs> i mean that is obviously connected to the reason why what is my proudest moment i think when we won the MTV EMA Awards mm-hmm. the best in yeah mm-hmm. and i was pretty nervous when we got nominated for it there was rajakumari and divine there was monica dogra i remember just being nominated i felt like i was on top of the world and winning it was i i don't think i can ever repay the people who voted for me i love i still remember the energy we were celebrating my mom's birthday and my friend called me at around 9 pm the results came out at 7 pm mm-hmm. my friend called me and said hey congratulations <laughs> and i'm like what dude i'm having dinner <laughs> you won the mtv eva i'm like what and yeah <laughs> and then history and that was so ahead of its time as well for that time 
because hip hop was just popping. It wasn't yeah, as big as it is think right now. That was my first song ever. I remember when we, when Bikri approached me to do a song together. That song was a melody sort of like, and then he said, "Hey, let's change into a rap." I was like, "Dude, I can't rap." Like I've tried before. That was the first song that you know I rapped. First song. Huh. Yeah, what? For me, the proudest moment mm-hmm. uh, has to be every time I went out of India, being an independent artist. In a way, in 2017, when I was called for my first international tour in UK, was when I quit doing side jobs mm-hmm. and I trusted myself that I can do this full time. And kind of similar path, I quit CA to start. doing this mm-hmm. and at that time there was no industry for rap mm-hmm. so i was just like no matter what i do it has to be related to the creative field so that my creative juices don't die out mm-hmm. and i was trying to do odd jobs like content writing video editing photography editing to get money <laughs> from there and put it into my own music videos mm-hmm. and then uk invited me and that's when i was like if internationally a small town girl can be you know called yeah. then there is potential for this mm-hmm. and um, the hyper proudest moment has to be last year i did a campaign and uh, they put my face on a billboard they didn't change my skin tone mm-hmm. at all so seeing a brown skin tone on such a big ass billboard it felt very like i felt very proud do you have a problem with being called a female rapper rather than just a rapper this has been a journey for me So earlier it used to bother me. There used to be a term in the beginning called femce. Really? Yeah, f e m c e e. पहले मेरे को लगता था कि नहीं, no. Why you're calling me female rapper? I am female. Can't you see? I don't really take it as personally anymore mm-hmm. because it's a you problem. It's not a me yeah. problem anymore. It's important for them to kind of see us in that particular way, and mm-hmm. I don't see it as differentiating me from. men anymore mm-hmm. honestly like it's changed for me maybe because i had to become less angry about it because i realized that people are probably not doing it with any mal intention like i realized that it's the way they are coded it's yeah. their you know blueprint to mm-hmm. do that like condition to yeah to way. call people female cricketers and i guess because they are so not used to seeing women do exactly. anything in a field exactly. like this and then also realizing that how in sports also and in any other thing it's probably important to have a separate league for women because we have been allowed to study allowed to go Both. out and work Not less than both. 200 years ago <laughs> yeah. in the overall feminist movement in india to it's only been like 1990s probably after the whole globalization movement mm-hmm. that women started stepping out and really joining the service sector so when it's only been like 30 years that women have started participating in the workforce then it's kind of important to give them a league of their own and push them even more i think art is bigger than all of us mm-hmm. and i think we should not get sidetracked by the idea of this male rapper female rapper i feel like every artist you know has the right to i don't know share their experiences through their music and it just should be about that What is the song that you made that everyone loves? Yeah, I think it's done talking. Done talking mm. is a song that everyone asks me to sing till mm. date. Yours? I think uh, it's a track called Vadhaiya. Like that's the one song which I've got the most uh, reaction like I I got goosebumps and I mm-hmm. heard this because it probably has so much angst in it and storytelling of it is 
like pretty on point and it's completely hindi generally in india like the kind of audience i have they would prefer for me to do songs like vadhaiyan vadhaiyan means congrats okay or also like well wishing so the first half of the song is kind of me telling society that uh, you would rather have me do what you are doing uh, so you can keep your opinion to yourself mm-hmm. i give you a thousand thanks okay. and the second half of the verse is me talking to women that if just by hearing this rap you feel like doing something or raising your voice or just being yourself 100% then i would say that i have become successful in what i'm trying to do so i'll give myself a thousand thanks what is the song you made that you absolutely love but you wished more people enjoyed it's a song called confess that is probably the first song out of all the, like in the trajectory of my career where i told you that my angry side went to sleep and my vulnerability came mm-hmm. to f- the forefront even in my songwriting mm-hmm. so confess was probably the first of the many mental health related songs that i've made okay. so that's the most softest i allowed myself to be in front of people in a world full of both hearts <laughs> i'm both soft now So <laughs> I like this chill side of you. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> There's this one song that I released last year called Feelings. Yeah, not a lot of people like that song. That song is very chill. Mm. Even Feelings is very chill. It's about channeling your inner child mm. and just dancing. Mm. You know this thing where the way you dance in the club and the way you dance in your room is totally mm. different <laughs> in your bedroom. So I pictured myself dancing on a hilltop. Mm. Well, I'm actually in my room, so it's just all fantasy and it's a pretty pretty deep, pretty hopeful song, I mm. would say. And I wish people enjoyed it more. You're already worried. <laughs> the question is what is the one thing you worry about the most? One thing I worry about the most. I hate to say it, but it's how much I weigh. I get a lot of comments from people Brave you know when you i you know when i look at that. you in music videos you're so big and then when i see you in person you're so small and they don't realize that that affects me mentally in the past few months i've stopped like showing up i enjoyed staying at home just being by myself no one to judge me but i realized that that wasn't very healthy mm. for me because mm. then i developed a lot a really really bad social anxiety mm. just by not showing up to protect myself but also damaging myself at the same time so i try to find a balance in that trying to be around people who actually care for me who support me and call me out at the same time on my bad habits and try to just avoid gatherings that are not good for my health i mean there's something i say which might help you okay. people say the same thing to me huh. that you look taller You're so tiny. Huh. I'm like, yeah, because I walk like this. Because hip hop makes me. It's an illusion. I'm only creating yeah. that I'm bigger than I am. I guess. <laughs> One thing I worry about the most. I'm just gonna be honest about it. It's money. Mm-hmm. Um, comes from a South Indian conditioning, mm-hmm. where everyone has worked for someone else mm-hmm. and saved all their lives. So the emphasis on saving money for a rainy day has like. made me not live life at the large scale it was like i kept growing but i played it safe you know because like it's put in my head that this industry is unreliable there is a expiry date to how long this goes so especially as women you know like mm-hmm. after 35 you'll not get work so save now for mm-hmm. later so 
it's only been like maybe two or three years that I've actually started spending my own money. Otherwise, yeah. I was just like being like a beaver. Just jama karo, jama karo. I mean, like I live in Bombay. Jo bhi aara hai, sab rent mein ja raha hai. It is what it is, man. I mm-hmm. went to America last year. I converted all of my life savings in dollars. And I was like, this is nothing. <laughs> you know, that really changed my perspective. Mm-hmm. That made me feel like, kitna bhi we do mehnat in India. There's always going to be someone richer. Mm-hmm. So then really, it doesn't matter. Mm. You know, so I think I calmed down after going to America about <laughs> money. I probably felt li- richer being <laughs> in India, I guess. Gotta <laughs> find that balance. If there is one thing you could change about the Indian music industry, what would it be and why? Bas, I, I'm actually done being the poster child for change. Change yourself. Yeah. Be the change you want to see. This is like too late to do it, I guess. Like probably the one thing that is the biggest difference between us and Western uh, culture is that Bollywood gave people free songs. Every movie had 12 to 15 songs for free. So music... culture for indians is what comes along with a movie mm-hmm. outside it's like there is a movie there are 100 artists they'll choose five songs from different artists for the movie mm-hmm. here it's ulta there is one movie 100 songs <laughs> so like the whole culture of buying tickets and going out there yeah. for you know buying cd indie pop era probably saw a little bit of that where people mm-hmm. looked at indie musicians as not a accessory for a movie but as individuals themselves mm. so it's changing now though obviously yeah. you and yeah. me being here talking yeah. to each Definitely. other is part of that <laughs> yeah. revolution so obviously like the indie scene has really uh, uplifted itself mm-hmm. uh, along with the way internet has boomed yeah so yeah probably i just want people to look at us as individuals who are worthy of spending money for and not just people who come along with the film industry so getting out of the shadow of the film industry we've done that a lot but i hope that keeps on happening more i think i'd like the way northeast is looked at in terms of music because i feel like we have a lot of untapped talent there mm-hmm. when you say shillong meghalaya or northeast as a whole There are very very few artists whose name pops. I want it to be like a normal thing for a lot of northeast artists to travel around India and get to perform their songs because the lifestyle that we lead there is totally different so and it reflects in our songs. Yeah. So I'd like that to change a little bit. One really interesting fact I came to know from uh, VH1 Music Diaries that that's why northeast musically is so different because from 1975 when the entire india was only listening to bollywood all india radio used to play international songs yeah. in the northeast yeah so you know having that kind of, of exposure yeah. and i remember i used to like stay up late in the night because only one radio channel had one or two hours of english music between 12 to 2 really? o'clock in the night yeah in hindi radio so i used to wait for that Ooh. yeah Dang. so in that way you guys have been because hindi is not your It's not a native mm-hmm. thing for you guys. So, so we we're very very easily influenced by Western culture, and I think that also can become a problem. When I look at myself, I'm taking myself for, as an example. I mean, the previous songs that I've released mm. were heavily influenced by 
the black community, you know, yeah. Western culture. But at the same time, I'm trying to find a way how to put my tradition and this influence under one roof. Oh my God, what that is my aim right now. I think like uh, there's similarity there as well, right? Because you have grown up being in choirs. So yeah, it's, it's yeah. not like it's a lot of only artists, their yeah. thing. It is also yeah. your culture. There. Yeah, a lot of artists that, that blew up started in Sunday school. So there's roots for yeah. you. We listen to a lot of soul music. We have a lot of soul when it comes to singing, especially. Mm -hmm. What is the one thing you wish you could do but are afraid to? Well, I've always wanted to learn how to drive a car, but I've learned. I know now how to drive a car. I've been driving for four months. I mean, it's not really one particular thing. Mm -hmm. I think you might relate to it also yeah. because it's something every artist goes through. It's probably like the untapped potential in me. I don't want to die before I do everything I want to do. Yeah. <laughs> that yeah. kind of thing, I guess. Yeah. But also, this is one thing I've been saying from the beginning since the time Gully Boy released, that I want us to be in the rooms in which decisions are made, not in the receiving end of it mm -hmm. as artists. Again, coming from a country where music is part of the film industry, there's not much power in our hands, you know, to make decisions of where our culture goes. Mm -hmm. Rock music was before us. It died down. We are the it thing now. We're mm -hmm. going to be the it thing for a while. Mm -hmm. But I don't want it to die down by becoming just another entertainment thing. You know, I really want it to be the revolution that it was outside. Mm -hmm. Another thing I've really been feeling is that like I said, in my journey, being recognized internationally was a big part of my journey. I okay. feel like in Indian hip-hop, when you look at everyone's journeys, mine stands out uniquely most because of the number of countries I've been in just being an independent artist. Mm -hmm. So I want to dare to dream big. I feel like I have come to accept that whatever I envision, it kind of comes true in the next five years. So I've given myself the permission to be absolutely unafraid and dream in dollars. Manifestation, baby. Cutting. Yeah, I relate to the thing that you said. <laughs> I have this habit where every new song that I write, I want to record it there and then. So if I die, my management can still release the songs. Oh yes, we all and have then, one person we've told to, right? Yeah, if and I then die, just, release my songs. Yeah, I, I have this thing, and then it it turns out so bad. Yeah, that. I force a creative process. Yeah. You know, there's that five minutes of magic you get in the studio and then that's never forced. It just comes easily. Yeah. I went to a point where I would force my producers or force my bandmates to create something when there's nothing that can be done. Mm. All you need to do is to grow with the song. Sometimes you need a day off. Let the song sit in your system for a day or two and then come back. And then I've refused to mm. do that many times mm. so now I'm trying to get back to my drawing board and just chill a little bit let the song sit let the song grow mm. and we'll record when it's time it's a very human thing not mm -hmm. related to what we are doing as artists but yeah. it really is also about taking care of ourselves yeah. uh, physically and mentally mm -hmm. because what's the point of doing all of this is yeah. if we are you know like yeah. in the long run uh, suffering mm -hmm. in our bodies mm -hmm. basically so to be able to make healthier choices for yeah. myself I, I find it hard to snap myself out of a creative process you know mm. what I mean I just when I'm in it I'm so in it that I forget food I forget oh yeah I forget sleep and it's it's not been a good thing for me so 
And the worst part is you can't really have it as a routine because then it becomes like a job and then yeah. and then it sucks. It's not as fun anymore. I'm still trying to figure out the balance between, you know, getting creative and forcing myself to do this, but also balancing it out. Do exercise, eat, sleep properly. And then your ideas come up at 3 a.m. and then you're just like, great, <laughs> I have to write the song now, I can't sleep. One last thing I want to say, yes. because it's you and me here. Mm -hmm. I want to really be unafraid and allow myself to dream on a level where I want to do more for women in hip hop in India, where I want to be able to, like I said, be in that room where decisions are made. So female representations is already so less, even in the parliament of India, there's barely any women. So to dare to dream so big that yeah. I probably do something nobody has ever been able to do in India, male or female. And with that power, only help women. <laughs> <laughs> what, what do you tell younger ones when they ask you, how does it feel that you dropped out of college or CA, right? Mm. What do you tell them? Like, Please, like, believe in yourself. That's the only yeah. one thing. If it instinctively drives you, if there's a gut feeling inside you, the more you try to go against it, it's literally going to culminate into physical illnesses yeah. and mental illnesses. But again, I am very practical. I'm a very practical person. So I never wanted to put the pressure of earning money on my art. And money is important to me. Mm -hmm. So I've always learned how to balance myself to be financially independent. So even when you're chasing your dreams, don't chase it to the limit where you're literally breaking yourself for it. If you can, try to do multiple things, mul have multiple sources of income yeah. so that the pressure of earning money doesn't fall on the number of streams you have or the number of tickets you sell, you know. Yeah. But it's everyone's journey. I really believe in India. It really is about how much privilege you already have mm -hmm. and what you make out of it. Yeah, definitely. Because the society that I come from, there are very, very, very less people who follow their passion. And I know a lot of young girls look up to me. And I've always been open about, you know, me dropping out of law school. And, you know, their parents have not really been so open to that. Because mm. I've always been like, like, I don't want to encourage you to drop out. But at the same time, if it doesn't make you feel good, yeah. if it's not... I don't know, contributing to your well-being, then you probably should find something else to do, you know. Thank you for existing in all your glory. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs>